Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Snap Out of It Radio Network. Hear all our great shows across the world. Join our community at snapoutofitradionetwork.com. So wake up, stand up, and snap out of it. Empowered Love with author, self-mastery coach, and relationship expert, Melanie Tanya Evans. Take back your power, heal your soul, and set yourself free. Free through Empowered Love. And now your host of Empowered Love, Melanie Tanya Evans. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another Empowered Love radio show. And this week is a Narcissistic Central show and I don't have Nancy with me at the moment. She's traveling and doing all sorts of wonderful things, so I'm doing this one solo. So hopefully next month we'll be able to have Nancy back as well because I know you guys really enjoy the shows when we're both bandering and we're both talking. So welcome to everybody listening from the UK, from the US, from anywhere else in Europe and Australia. And please know that you can always go to these shows in archives. You certainly don't have to listen to them live. And the great thing is that there's a resource there that you can go back to shows, you can listen to shows over and over again, you can go through all the topics. And uh, the great thing is that you can download to um, MP3 players, iPods, technology is so amazing now. So you can use these shows as therapy too when you're in bed or when you're driving your car. And the most important thing about becoming a vibrational creator and healing is to feed ourselves with the good stuff, the right stuff, the true stuff. Because the more we do that, the more we heal. So I really do hope you use these shows as that resource. And it is a free resource, which is really, really great. So the show today is a great show. I think it will fascinate you. Uh, And I think it's very, very helpful, this show, for anybody that's healing from narcissistic abuse and really struggling with what happened with me, the acceptance of it, and how to move forward. So this show today is about, just let me bring it up. I do know what it is about. Of course I do. I'm doing it. Okay, so this show is about the attraction to fear, pain, and drama. We may not realize it, but the narcissist may be providing us with all of the material that we need to feel in love. The reason why we may not realize this is taking place is because much of it is happening at a deep unconscious level. This show is going to fascinate you in discovering why painful, narcissistic and unsafe people may be your perfect match as a love partner. That is until you know how to change yourself in order to be attracted to much healthier and sustainable relationships. Okay, so this show is really going to hit you between the eyes. Now, the truth does set us free. Now, you may be listening to this show, and if you're in a lot of pain and you're in a lot of resentment and you're in a lot of resistance, it may be hard for you to handle it. It may be hard for you to digest. I know that a lot of people moving forward and a lot of the people that are in the Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Group are really, really healing and really, really finding the deeper truth. And, you know, if you can't stomach this resource straight off, further down the track, 
you may be able to and hopefully you will be able to because as I just stated, the truth does set us free. So why is the narcissist a perfect match? We may not want to hear this because obviously when we've experienced and suffered a narcissistic relationship, we discover that the narcissist becomes everything that we don't want as a representation of love. And it is hard to accept, but the fact of the matter is that our liberation from narcissistic abuse can occur and it can fast track and we can start getting on the right path if we can accept deeper truths about what's happened to us. One of those deeper truths is that the narcissist was or is a perfect match for what we need to heal and evolve. So first of all, let's look at and understand the true reasons for relationships. So many people have written about what relationships are about. Are they about procreation? Are they about breeding? Are they about populating? I think when we look at the deeper soul and spiritual reasons for the reasons for relationships, we can actually get an answer that makes sense. And the answer that I believe in, that the true reason is for love relationships, is that we can evolve into the greatest experience of divine love we could ever be. And I believe that through intimate partner relationships, this is the grandest opportunity to experience love at that level. And this is why we draw love opportunities and experiences into our life. This is why we yearn them. This is why we want them. This is why we desire them. And we desire them to be that grandest expression of love rather than fear. Because there's only two emotions on this planet. Neil Donald Walsh writes about it magnificently. That there's love and there's fear. And love is a constructive creative energy. Fear is a destructive energy. And everything that we experience in life is going to be a derivative of love or fear. Come divine love rather than fear. We have to lose our fear. We have to rid ourselves of it. We have to clean ourselves up of it. And we need to get out of the illusions of it. And what that means is, is that to become love rather than fear, we need to clean up our unfinished inner programs. And we really need to realize that there is no outside energetic energetic creator, quantum physics reality, there is no outside happening to us. We're calling forth every experience from an inner level that is a match for our levels of love or fear. And the whole purpose of that is if we're drawing in more sustainable, genuine, authentic love, well then we're getting the reflection back to us that we're living a lens of love. We're living a belief system of vibration of love. If we're attracting things that are painful, resisting for us, they're not the experiences that we want to experience, they're fearful experiences, we're actually drawing a match for our inner programs of fear, the illusions of who we are, the illusions of life, the illusion of, of scarcity, of loss, of fear, of pain, of abuse. We're drawing all those things to us. 
So we're actually co-creating with our environment, with life, which we're all connected to and a part of vibrationally, matrixly. Life is us. We're drawing it from life. So what is happening is when we're drawing love experiences of pain, it's essential that we clean up our unfinished inner programs. And these are the fear and the pain that we established in our childhoods. And these are our unhealed parts, our disowned self, or our lost self that we haven't recovered yet. So if we can take a deeper level look at this, we can understand that we already had fears in our DNA at past life levels, and we're actually born into the families who represented all of these fears to us again. It may appear that it was all going on on the outside. It may appear it was a random event. It may appear we just happened to land in that family. But the truth of the matter is we magnetized our parents as a perfect match for making conscious our disowned parts so that we could heal them. So what was always going to happen was our parents were going to have exactly the ingredients to supply us that were a match for our fears so that we could actually experience these fears consciously in order to heal them and reprogram them. So the answer is yes, we did choose our parents. There was no mistake as to who our parents were. Of course, we didn't do it consciously. We did it at a deeply unconscious soul level so that we could transcend fear and move ourselves into a vibration of love. Identically, we choose our love partners at a deeply unconscious level. The phenomena of love, we've all experienced it. And sometimes, so often, you cannot pinpoint what that chemical rush, that chemical feeling, that feeling of being in love is. Because poets, songwriters, authors have tried to capture it and explain it. But how do we explain it? How do we meet somebody and they may tick all of our boxes, but yet we don't feel that powerful pull of love. And yet we can meet somebody else. And for some inexplainable reason, we feel a deep connection of love to that person and often, such as in the case with a narcissistic experience, when that happens, it can be very quick, it can be very powerful and it can be those feelings of this is the one, this is the one. Now the reason that that's happening is for that sole purpose of evolving out of our patterns of fear to become love. So what happens is we're attracted to the people who represent our parents because we want to rewrite the script. We want a person who contains the same negative program, programming as our parents did, who will this time magically love us, nurture us, support us. We want to rewrite the play. We want to change what happened. And we need to experience a person that represents aspects of our parent or parents that hurt us to make sure that they get it right this time, to make sure that we get it right this time with them. And we want this time 
for this person, this associated person in our unconscious, we want this person this time to make up for the pain that they caused us and to love us instead. Now as babies and as children, we had high levels of demands, physically, practically, emotionally. We were incredibly vulnerable and fragile and precarious. And whereas children in this state, not having needs met emotionally, practically, at a survival level, literally brings up for little kids the fear of death and the fear of emotional annihilation. And regardless of how loving and how caring our parents were, it's impossible for them to cater to all of these needs. And this really makes us think as parents ourselves just what we might be doing to our kids or how they might be getting programming. But the truth is parents have got demands. They've got to pay bills. They've got to put food on the table. They've got to, they've got to provide. So they're not always going to be available or present for a baby or a child's emotional needs. They're not going to be aware of healthy emotional mirroring and programming. They're not going to be aware of how to create boundaries with children, but how to also allow them to have their identity, to have their space, to have their needs met, and to know that it's healthy to have needs met and to ask for needs to be met. So it's sort of training and awareness no matter how good our parents were, was not available to understand deep emotional programming. So therefore, we all had survival, emotional neediness and fears that weren't nurtured in a way so that we wouldn't have that neediness and those fears. Now that's for a relatively healthy upbringing. Now what happens is when we attract a narcissistic experience and we fall into deep, powerful feelings of love with a narcissist, our soul is urging us on a very urgent, powerful level to become love without fear and it calls forth the perfect match for us to heal our disowned and wounded parts. So the truth of the matter is, is that if you've called forth a narcissistic experience, that at a pain body level, at a fear body level, you have a lot of unhealed, unfinished business. Chances are that you were violated as a child or you were abandoned to the point where your survival fears run amok and you're still carrying a lot of this fear and a lot of this pain that are your unhealed parts that you haven't, your unhealed disowned parts that you haven't been able to heal yet. And that's why the narcissistic experience comes forward to you. So the narcissist represents everything to us. This is the other side of the coin. Most definitely they're bringing up our unhealed parts. We can see them in time. We don't see them at the start, but they become more and more apparent. The other thing the narcissist represents everything to us is that ticket to love and freedom. The false self of the narcissist is glamorous, all-loving, and seems to be the one, the person finally, who is going to adore us, grant us every dream we had about life and love, and who is going to love us unconditionally for eternity. 
So at the beginning of the experience, we believe that this is the person who's going to resurrect us from all the pain, all the emptiness, all the fear, and is going to transcend us to the, the divinity of love that we all so desire. We believe this is the person that's going to do it. Now that's conscious. That's that high of love, that high of relief. You know, finally, finally, love worked out for me. That's that feeling. And these were the aspects that we loved from our parents when we did see them or that we wanted to love about our parents. These are the things that we wanted so much that we may not have got. So these were the desired qualities that we sought. What was unconscious was the narcissist was going to deliver to us all the bad aspects of our parents, all of our fears of criticism, our fears of rejection, our fear, fears of abandonment, our fears of injustice, our fears of violation, our fears of punishment, our fears of abuse. All of the things that were our greatest wounds and pain in our childhood is exactly what the narcissist was going to bring to us. And when we can really start to understand that, when we can own that, when we can embrace that, we can see that the narcissist was a perfect match. A perfect match. They seemed like the magical love wand. And what we discovered was that we were going to get every unhealed part of ourselves brought up, thrown in our face, and brought to a crescendo of pain level that we cannot ignore it anymore. It was always going to bring us to our knees. And I believe at soul level that our soul is so intent on healing, evolving, moving out of the pain body, the fear body, into being a being of empowered love, that that was always going to be necessary. Because without that experience, we were never going to have that opportunity. So that's the glorious experience and opportunity that narcissistic abuse brings on to us. So we need to have a look at why do we hang on so hard to the pain, the fear, the abuse. You will have understood that if you've read through a lot of my blog articles and listened to other radio shows, that there's a whole heap of phenomenon that go on in narcissistic abuse, such as, Stockholm complex, peptide addiction, um, compulsion repetitive disorder. The addiction to the narcissist happens on so many physiological, chemical levels that it feels like an addiction akin to or worse than a heroin addict being addicted to heroin. And it's very, very important to understand the addictive components of narcissistic abuse that feel so powerfully like love. Now what I believe is all of that is the physiological, chemical, biological manifestations of the truth of that the reason we hang on so hard and we still love this person so much regardless of how much they're damaging us is because our unconscious programming is screaming at us. This time, mummy or daddy will change and grant me the love and safety she or he didn't last time. That's 
what's really going on at a spiritual vibrational level there. Now, it's really true that every love relationship that we're going to experience is going to bring up your unhealed self and wounds of your childhood. And it's meant to. And it's a shame we're not taught this because all around us we're conditioned in happy ever after, fairy tales, you know, the love music starts, the lights fade, the couples hug and they walk off into the sunset. That's what we've been conditioned to believe and that's what we thought the narcissist was. The truth of the matter is that Every single relationship, no matter how healthy you have, once the honeymoon period is over, is you're going to have two individuals that are going to have perfect matching unhealed parts that are going to be pushing on each other's unhealed parts. So therefore, if I'm in love with you, your unhealed part is going to trigger me into my unhealed part and I'm going to trigger you back. And the reality is, this is why so many relationships break down because all of a sudden people are thrown into you're my enemy, you're not the person who loves me, you're not granting me what I want to be loved. And the thing is, as children, we were very demanding. We screamed when we wanted our love nets, our love or our safety or our security needs met. We screamed. We got attention. Unfortunately, as we grow up, a lot of us are still screaming. We're making it all about us. We're not actually viewing the other individual from a level of empathy and compassion and truth and saying, well, you're acting this out because you're an unhealed being as well. I'm an unhealed being. And together, with empathy and love and compassion, we can take responsibility and we can also support each other to heal. Now, that is within any relationship dynamic that's going to be very, very necessary. And it's never going to be any different. And the reality is, if you are enmeshed with and violated as a child, you are, that's an unhealed wound. Now, our disowned parts, what we do with our disowned parts is we point the finger on the outside and we say, this happened to me, you did it. Now, that's disowning because we don't want to look at that. We don't want to take responsibility for that. We don't want to heal that. We don't want to work with that. So what happens with that is, is that we're actually blaming the outside and we're trying to go through our experiences, but we've never grown through our experiences. We've never healed our experiences. Now, what happens with our unhealed parts is we are always going to attract people that are going to represent our unhealed parts. So if you've been a mesh with and violated as a child, you're going to be attracting partners who are controlling and violating. Or you're going to project this unhealed part of yourself onto a potential love partner and you're going to see them as controlling and violating. And what you will do is you will co-create and attract forth from them every part that may have a capacity to be controlling and violating. You're actually going to co-create and draw from that person more of that behavior. Now, they may not have played that out with anybody before you, but you're going to draw that forth from them. So it's like if we're scared of a dog, if somebody went to a dog who's never bitten anybody, who was scared and terrified that that dog might bite them, 
they might throw that dog into so much anxiety that that dog will bite them. This is exactly the same thing happens with our unhealed past when we project them onto people. If you were abandoned and rejected as a child, you're going to attract partners who disconnect, who ignore you, who are going to be unavailable. Or you're going to project this unhealed part of yourself onto this person and see them as disconnected and unavailable. And you are going to co-create and draw forth from that person that tendency and you're going to experience more of that. Now within non-narcissistic relationships, you do have an incredible ability with another human being to create a conscious love relationship where you can both acknowledge, own and accept that the love attraction force and dynamic was always going to be a powerful connection in order to heal each other's unhealed parts. And this requires both individuals to want to heal, grow, take ownership of this fact that we're all unhealed, disowned in a children and to have empathy, love and compassion for the other person being an unhealed, disowned in a child. That needs help. Now for those of us that have experienced narcissistic relationships, we have to acknowledge and accept that the narcissist has an enormous false self requirement. The narcissist, to become real, believes that they are going to suffer emotional annihilation. The narcissist's false self is entrenched. And also the narcissist has damaged neuropathways making it virtually, if not, impossible to apply self-reflection, self-ownership, conscience and empathy. So therefore this means this does not allow this person to be a team player with you walking on the path to co-create a conscious relationship. And we need to accept that, that it is a no-win deal. So therefore we need to accept that when we've attracted a narcissistic relationship and sustained narcissistic abuse, that our healing and liberation for now, at a soul level as perfect, is designed as a perfect deal between us and ourselves. This is not about healing with this with the narcissist. So it is a self deal. And we know that if we tried to grab an outer relationship to feel better at this point we are only going to be attracting the same unhealed parts into our love experiences, which we know are highly abusive and they're highly charged. Or we're not going to be attracted to people who don't match these unhealed parts of pain and fear. So if somebody healthy comes along in our experience, we're not going to be attracted to that. We're not going to be able to sustain a relationship like that. It's going to feel flat, it's going to feel dead, it's going to feel like we're not in love, we're not capable of love, that we just don't love this person. Or we may get somebody healthy in our space that we decide that we can love and feel an attraction for and what we're going to do if we haven't cleaned up our unhealed parts, we're actually going to project these painful unhealed parts onto a love candidate and then we're going to see and co-create this person as being unloving, abusive or abandoning us. 
So it is a no-win deal at this point. So it's really, really important for when you're recovering from narcissistic abuse, this is not about going forward and procuring another relationship with that urge of, I want somebody to come into my life who is like mum and dad, who is going to heal what mum and dad didn't do or did do. Okay, because if you're not getting a match from mum and dad, you're not going to get attracted to them. And if you do get a match from mum and dad, there's going to be enough of your unhealed parts still running that you're going to be looking at another narcissistic abuse experience. So we really need to own and understand that we know that narcissistic abuse and what we what we uh, experience in those relationships is catastrophic. It's unworkable. It's soul rape and torment. So therefore we need to own and acknowledge that we've got a great deal of pain, fear and unhealed parts running. Otherwise we couldn't have experienced a narcissistic abuse experience. So when we come home to that truth, we can, which is so vital in recovery, we make it less and less and less about the narcissist and we make it more and more and more about putting the focus in and healing ourselves. So when we look at these unhealed parts, we can really start realizing that what we're receiving from the outside and what's triggering us, what's pushing us, what is causing us the pain and the trauma and the torment is an absolute reflection for what our unhealed parts are. And it's really interesting because when, like I did, my fears were about enmeshment and violation, not having boundaries, not being able to retain myself, not being valued as an individual, not being trusted, not being believed, being told what I should think, how I should feel, um, all of that. So my narcissistic experience was absolutely with an amisha, was with an individual who was extremely controlling, incredibly jealous, incredibly paranoid, um, and would violate my, my psychic, my physical, my emotional, my mental space constantly. So... And this was at a much, much higher level than what I experienced as a child. But we have to remember that as children, we're having an accentuated experience. We have accentuated fears of survival and emotional annihilation because we're so helpless, we're so vulnerable. So who's to say that the fears that I experienced with that enmeshment and that uh, boundary violation from an extremely young age were as traumatic and as painful for me as what the narcissistic abuse experience was. And I'm tipping that they were pretty much a match. So those wounds, that pain that I had of losing my identity, of not being valued for my identity, um, for, for being violated and controlled and taken over, really were exactly the same things that I experienced in my narcissistic abuse experience. And at a real-life level, they were much more uh, traumatic, much more pathological, but they matched how I'd felt as a sensitive, intuitive child receiving that sort of treatment. And it hadn't been healed. It hadn't been cleaned up. The interesting thing is that my ex-high-level narcissist 
um, that was his behaviour with me. And actually his next love partner came forth to me. Uh, she connected the dots and realised who I was and she came forward and I always knew that day would happen because narcissists don't change who they are. And she's had horrific experiences with exactly the same narcissist. Now what was really interesting was that her patterns, her childhood had been about being abandoned, being um, not cared for, being unimportant, being invisible, having parents that weren't present in her life. Now, he completely created narcissistic abuse with her in a totally different thing. The narcissistic abuse that he created with her was to ignore her, was to go missing in action, was to show her very little attention, was to give her crumbs and then pull away and do discard, disvalue, abandonment, rehook up. So narcissists are shamalons. Narcissists are people that are extremely empty on the inside and what they actually need to do is feel significant and omnipotent. And one of the greatest ways they do that is to project their inner pain and rage on people and affect them. So when narcissists drive people mental and hit their biggest unhealed parts, they get reactions which proves to the narcissist at his false self-egoic level, I am so important because I can affect another individual powerfully at this level. I can create a massive trauma, addiction to me. They make me feel important because of how much I can hurt them and the response I get from that. So narcissists are very, very adept at working out your unhealed parts and hitting them right where they're going to trigger you into those old childhood regressive fears of fear of survival, fear of emotional annihilation. So we have to understand that the narcissist is the greatest mirror of showing you your unhealed parts. Now the truth of the matter is, if my parts of enmeshment and violation and losing my identity and being taken over had been cleaned up, what I would have done and for other people that don't have those particular unhealed parts, that enmeshment, that breathing down my throat, that constant phoning, that following, that stalking, that accusing me of an affair after being 10 minutes late, I just would have gone, you know, that is just so foreign and wrong to me. That's not a match for me. That's not, I'm just not going to put up with that. Goodbye. That would have been my reaction to that. Absolutely. Because it's unfamiliar, it's not me, it's not my truth. Now when all of that was happening to me, what my unconscious was doing is this is a replay of my childhood. This is so incredibly familiar to me. This time I'm going to fix it. This time as an adult, I am going to change this person's behavior so that mum and dad are not treating me like this anymore. I was trying to heal my childhood wounds. Now with this other lady who'd been doing her stuff and her unhealed wounds were fear of abandonment, being invisible, not being important. Okay, her stuff, again, she was hooked into staying and trying to fix mum or dad from doing that to her. 
that's why she was in love with the narcissist at that level. Now, if we'd have swapped places, if the, if the treatment had been different, now if he'd have done that enmeshing, that controlling, that stuff, now love addicts, love addicts are people that have been abandoned. They're people that were invisible, that weren't, didn't receive attention and love. Love addicts do not put up with people enmeshing with them, controlling them, um, controlling their every move, breathing down their neck because it doesn't feel familiar. They're like, that's not my reality. That doesn't feel familiar. In fact, that's ridiculous. Goodbye. Now, for love avoidance, which is my pattern, love avoidance that have been enmeshed with, violated and controlled, it's very unfamiliar for somebody to ignore you, um, <laughs> to detach from you and be unavailable. And in fact, in any relationship that I've ever attracted, as soon as anybody has started doing that with me in the dating process, immediately it's unfamiliar, that's ridiculous, I'm not interested. So you can see what happens. The narcissist is a Shyamalan. The narcissist's purpose on this planet is to be a perfect mirror to show anybody that they get with their unhealed parts in massive technicolor that is so obvious, so painful and so traumatic that it brings you to your knees. And that is exactly what happens to all of us. Now, if we don't understand the bigger truth on it, if we don't understand the bigger picture, the purpose, the healing, the evolution of this, well then we keep our parts as disowned unhealed. Because what we do is we point the finger on the outside and we say, you destroyed my life. I now have agoraphobia, complicated traumatic stress disorder. I can't work. I can't sleep. I can't eat. I can't function. You're responsible for it. You did this to me. And that's how we stay. Now, that's a pretty sad deal. And that's a really, really bad deal that if we don't get and grab the opportunity to heal our unhealed parts through this perfect match that came into our life that was going to reflect it back to us, show it to us, and give it to us in a way that there was no longer any ignoring it. Or we make the choice where we say, and we understand and we accept and we own that you came into my life to heal me. I, I called you forth to heal me. There was no mistakes in what happened here. And the point of the matter is, my fear, my pain body, I was so far away from love and vibrating at a level of who I truly am that I needed you to come into my experience to show me that. And when we own that and when we embrace that, we stop making it about the narcissist. We realize the narcissist was a catalyst because, you know, it's a really big world out there and it's a really, really big vibrational vibration out there which means that we're attracting our unhealed parts. Now, if the narcissist hadn't stepped forward and put his hand up for the job, somebody else would have. So this person is not a random monster. They're a catalyst. And as a catalyst, they don't have that much power. It's the message that has the power, not the person. And the message is, you're showing me my unhealed parts. So we get to clean them up. And by getting to clean them up, we get to work on ourselves. And by getting to work on ourselves, we start accessing the right programs, the right books, the right healers. Okay? 
we go way past looking at this on a head surface level and we go to a deeper, bigger picture, real resonance of what's really going on here and then we can become conscious beings. And when we realize that this is not just about the narcissist by any shape or form, this is about our old programs, our old patterns, this is about cleaning up our childhood. Because really, when we were screaming out for the narcissist to love us in a healthy, safe way and be accountable for that and be responsible for that, what we were really saying is that we wanted our parents to do that for us. We wanted to experience it at a different level as a child. Now, we can't change the narcissist and hold the narcissist, he or her, responsible for healing us. We cannot hold our parents responsible for healing us. We need to hold ourselves responsible to healing us. And what the goal always is, is about getting out of fear and pain to love. Now that's a deeper vibrational level. That's a soul level that we need to shift at, that we need to heal at, that we need to realize that. And we know that the more love, yearning, pain and effort we use trying to hold the narcissist responsible for healing us and loving us at that level the more we realize that we can't and we need to clean ourselves up and we need to get down to it. Because when we do that, what we're going to be able to do is we're going to be able to move forward into creating experiences. We're still going to be healing our unhealed parts, absolutely. But we're at a level that we can actually be attracted to an individual who is also being conscious. Now what's happened is with the narcissist, we were attracting an extremely unconscious individual. And the reason we were attracting an extremely unconscious individual is because we were unconscious. What I mean by that is we were not taking responsibility for accepting a conscious reality of becoming a conscious individual. We were hanging on to pain and fear that we were blaming other people about. Have you ever heard people say, I dealt with that, I'm over that, okay? Or they've just come up with a positive spin on something, oh, okay, well, that happened and that was okay because that meant that, you know, I could be a more independent, strong person. But they've actually never dealt with the emotional pain and fear. They've shoved it underneath, shelved it, got on with their life. They have not consciously dealt with it. They've not consciously healed it. So when we're unconscious, we attract unconscious people and it shows us how unconscious we are. Now we're not narcissists, which means that we do have the components to be conscious, to have empathy, to have compassion, to take self-responsibility and to be self-accountable to our own souls at a conscious level. So when we start going into that level and we make it a mission and we become that, we're going to attract people that are that are also have the ability to be conscience, conscious, which is about self-responsibility, being accountable, and having empathy and conscience. Okay, they're all components that are necessary. Narcissists don't have them. Other people do. So you're going to attract your own level. And what happens is you're going to be in a relationship with somebody who absolutely has still got unhealed parts. You're still going to have unhealed parts. But then what can happen is 
rather than seeing that person as the enemy and not sharing, communing and coming into a space together to work with this person, you can understand that the experience of love is the grandest journey to become love without fear and to take responsibility for self, but to help another person heal as well. Because you know what? You're going to be a perfect match. There is no relationship that you have ever had that is not a perfect match, including the narcissist. But we can transcend those levels into what we do want instead of replaying the patterns of what we don't want. So I hope this show has helped you. And please put up any questions that you may have about the show. You can do that um, on the Narcissistic Abuse Recovery page. And please subscribe to my free newsletters, become part of the blogs. You're always going to get updates about these shows. And if you've really recognized yourself in this and massive lights have gone on for you and you really want to know the next step and let me know about your story so that I can really suggest and help you work out where you need to go to clean up your disowned parts and unhealed self, by all means, send me an email at melanie at melanietonyrevens.com and I would absolutely be thrilled to help you come home and change your patterns out of painful relationships. Okay, so that's it for me and lots and lots of love and I'll be talking to you next week. Okay, bye-bye.